It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas, and that is Joe Linehan in San Antonio. What's up, Joe? Not much, James. How are you doing? Isn't that true? We we have no uh, we have no weather events to talk about. In fact, it's gorgeous Thank today. God, I know, but I like it. I like it. It's a, we, it's been a subject of conversation at practice for you know quite a while. It's like, how did your house do? How did our house do? Yeah. So I'm glad it's over though. All right. Hopefully, we're, hopefully we're moving beyond and and again not making light of the situation. There's lots of people that had some hard times. Probably still have some hard times. So good luck to all you guys out there about that. Amen. All right. So uh, you want to start with Austin College? They have a. Uh, their season is bizarre for obvious reasons. Um, their trips, the, the last couple trips that they were planning on going to in uh, Colorado and then back east both got canceled due to weather. Speaking of the weather, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. But this weekend, they get the, the, the reward they get for not being able to travel is to go play against one of the top four teams in the whole country, which is the MPSF Championships in Los Angeles. Which is great for them. This is their kind of their season ending type of tournament. Yep. They're, they're going to get to go out there, I believe. I think it's staying similar to how they've done it in the past where they're playing Penn State Baron in like a seeding game. And then they'll play one of the like the three or four seats in the MPSF. And then if and then they will continue on or they'll play in the Fistics game after that. So they'll get to play three games. And I think Mark and Jeff and the guys at Austin College are – are probably psyched and ready to play. The uh, it's a bit confusing on the acruse.com. We won't lie about that. So they have one game that is supposedly on the calendar against Penn State Baron. But if they follow what they have in the past, then you're right. Yeah, right. They play basically a play-in game. It's re- or a seeding game really to play to to earn either fifth or sixth seed. So inevitably they're going to play Penn State Baron. And as we've talked to Mark about in the past, and you and I have talked about, that's like their season. It's not to say that um, they're not going to enjoy themselves playing against these teams, but you know the chances of them beating one of the top four teams are pretty much zero, and nobody expects that to happen. It's just a different thing. So Penn State Baron, I remember a couple years ago, that was intense. Like that was an intense final game for them for the for the whole season. Yeah, I don't know what Penn State Baron's done this year, but you know I think it'll be a good game and it'll be a good a good way for them to end their season and. No, and at, and at the very least, they got to play. Yeah, a lot of schools did not play. That's right, and still aren't. Right, it's it's yep. unbelievable. And uh, was it um they got to play a little bit? It's it's unfortunate that you know during this whole kind of the, like the COVID year for schools that they got games suspended not because of COVID but because of weather, which is just weird. That was weird. and um it's just that's what happens in a really compact type of season. A big event like that can kind of kind of wreak havoc and it did but at least they get to kind of they get to finish in southern california this weekend yeah that is nice Uh, it says los angeles and both of you and i think it's in uh ucla i haven't honestly looked it up yeah it's at ucla and i believe that there's online streaming available for those that want to watch there should be there darn well better be okay yeah that's a nice that's a relatively new facility and you can expect that it's very very nice um speaking of going back West, the um, Austin College women have really rounded out their agenda for the season. Um, they're headed to UOP um, this coming week. They're going out the 14th. So a week, a week after this following weekend, right? So on March 14th, they'll be playing um, UOP in two games. Twice. 
and that's University of the Pacific in Stockton, California. Right. So that'll be the beginning of their season. Right. So, uh, and again, there's lots and lots of teams that aren't playing. So I'm very happy that those girls are getting to play. Those girls kind of lost, you know, the majority of their season last year. So this is, I mean, I know they've been practicing and, and competing. It's going to be a little bit longer than the boys. Yeah. The boys, the boys did get a full season in 2019-2020. Right. So, yep. you know, this is really good that the girls are going to get to play. It's so. only fair. They, um, the, yeah, they had the, you know, two games on Sunday the 14th at UOP, as you said. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about them as a team that could maybe go undefeated this season. That's going to be much more challenging, but still – the games that follow, Washington and Jefferson, Gannon, Mercyhurst, Grove City, these are all inter- just terribly winnable games. And then I don't think on the agenda last time we spoke was the uh, CWPA tournament, and that is now on the agenda for Saturday the 17th and Sunday the 18th of April in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So uh, that's where they'll be heading, presumably, uh, at, the end of the, at the end of April. Yeah, so what does terribly winnable mean? Meaning that uh, as opposed to UOP, that is a difficult game to win for them, you would suspect. But everything else is is completely within their range, that they could win these games, all of them. I was just wondering if, if that was a comment on their opponents. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, uh-oh, who's, who's, uh, whose opinions are creeping out here? No, not mine. I'm just saying that, the look, Austin College played well when they played in their last full season. And they're a very young team. So now they're two years more experienced, essentially, and they're playing against these teams that they've already done pretty well against. So I, I have uh, high hopes for them. I, I mean, and I admit it, I'm biased, and I want Austin College to win all their games, and I'm cheering for them, and uh, was it? I'll, and I'll be watching, and I think that they can do very, very well against all those teams. So I think so too. Let's move and, and on. I think they'll oh. be competitive against uh, UOP as well. You so. do. All right. Yeah. I, it's. I, w- I would like to – I'm looking forward to watching that game regardless. I'm sure all of these are going to be streamed, so we'll, we'll check that out. Um, uh, what else? So high school tournaments are starting this weekend. You know how yeah. I know that? Because you're hosting one. Because I'm hosting one, and I get nervous about it. So that, I'm, I, I was talking to my boss, Mark, last night, and I said, you know, normally I get sort of nervous about this because we had these, like, 45-minute windows, and you're just, you're just pushing as many games as you possibly can. And so it gets to be a bit of a frenzy, but this one, we couldn't do it. Right. And so it's our windows. It's much more leisurely The you know, you're not having to worry about uh, entrance fees and all that kind of stuff. It's all COVID related. So it's a little bit kind of chill if you sort of, uh, if you want to put it that way, but yeah, we'll have 13 games over the weekend. Yeah, 13 games is not that many, so don't get too worried about it. So 13 you'll be games. Just fine. I'm not Joe Linehan. Like I, you know, we host we typically host like 24 games and I'm just wiped at the end of it. And I don't it's like I sit there doing score sheets and walking around and stuff, but still, it's a mental thing. So yeah, So here's so so let's talk about the Austin and Santa kind of area a little bit. So um who do you think are going to be the top teams there? Okay, so, um, and we're, we're going to find out, I think, a little bit this weekend. So um, we're, we're going to talk about all the regions, really, about who we think. But I can tell you, having been part of this region for some time, that this is a year in which I know the least about who's going to be good for, again, obvious reasons. There, and the, the, uh, some teams haven't even begun practicing yet and won't until next Monday. So having said all of that, 
My guess for the girls is that Cedar Ridge and Round Rock are going to tussle for the top spot. I don't really know about Alamo Heights. They could be in the play. Um, and, and, but I don't, you know, those are, the, those are the three that come to mind, Austin High School as well. Um, but that, for the girls, that's what comes top of mind. For the boys, it is really hard to see. Like Austin High School graduate, they Austin High School would have easily made states last year. They were actually quite good. Um, they had uh, Cooper Gatterson who went on to play at UOP. Speaking of UOP, uh, but they graduated a bunch of people. So it's it is super hard to say. Um, Round Rock might be okay. I mean, it's a I'm I'm a bit biased because I know those athletes better than any others. And Cedar Ridge always has a huge team, so they might be. I, I just don't know. But those are the two. Those two are the the best that come to mind, and then once again, when Alamo Heights played in our region, they were they were literally huge. Like they had really big guys on their team. So I don't know what they look like this year, but that they might be in the mix as well. Yeah. What about Lasso? Yeah, Lasso graduated people too, and they're only getting started with uh, with um, uh, practice this coming week. But yeah, they've got a bunch of Longhorn kids on that team. It's entirely possible that they could be both good. In, they were good in girls last year. They're good in boys last year. Uh, we'll just have to see if they have, uh, uh, you know, their their incoming freshman class is going to pick up the uh, pieces for those who who graduated. Yeah, well, well, good luck this weekend, and we'll and we'll stay in the West Region. And there's, I think, a tournament down in the Rio Grande Valley this weekend too. This this continues to be just like the best thing ever because when I started in 2012, 2013, there was just no no notion of the Valley being involved at all, and not really. There was McCall, uh, McAllen High School would come up and play. Um, now you've got a whole tournament down there that's sort of regular. It's expected, right? So um, what do you know about that tournament? Who's going to be uh, part of that? I think it's going to be all the PSGA schools plus Los Fresnos. It's, again, it's kind of like, yeah, not everybody has started yet. Right. And there's um, down in the Rio Grande Valley, there's a bit more COVID restrictions on schools and kind of what they can and cannot do. Yeah. So everybody's still trying to figure out exactly what they're doing. Um and uh, so, I mean, but I think, you know, I think Los Fresnos is going to be strong boys and girls this year. A couple of PSGA teams are going to be strong. I mean, I just think that they have good programs. Um, and then, um, you know, that's I think those teams are going to be kind of leading the way. And, you know, there's about three or four uh, uh, other tournaments that are going to be going on down there this spring. So it's going to be it's I'm just I'm just very excited about the high school water polo getting started. So. That's so great. Um, let's uh, maybe well. Let's leave the North Texas for last, I would say. Let's, let's talk a bit about Houston. And you and I were talking beforehand about, um, you know, the teams that are, are presumably going to be strong. And the team that came to mind for Houston was uh, Foster. But there's been huge changes with that program. And Coach Slay is now over at Jordan High School. A very young and experienced team, I would say. Um, so who comes to mind for you, um, knowing the personnel on the team that still exists, that, uh, that they're going to perform well this coming season? Uh, like, obviously Foster, and obviously um, I, I think Straight Jesuit and St. Agnes are going to be strong again right. this year. Yeah. Um, I think Dawson with Coach Daniel Cox down there, yeah. I think he's doing a good job, and they have a lot of like you know Southside kids that yeah that kind of go in that. Um, obviously, uh, kind, of, kind of Side Creek and Jersey Village. Um, I mean, it's again. I don't know exactly who plays for what high school, but I think those are going to be the better ones. And then I think Clear Creek. You know, um, those I think are going to be the primary schools down there. But I mean, I could be wrong. There's going to be some other schools that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that kind of step up and such too. And the tournament this weekend's in Alvin. 
so that'll 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 kind of uh kind of let us know a lot about what's going on there exactly um and just to interject we're going to release the coaches polling information in the next few days so coaches can be looking for that and then something else as well um i think dawson is this sort of sleeper i think they could be the uh you know friendswood was top four last a couple years ago i think dawson's in that spot for sure i think they're maybe even top two for the boys so uh, i'm looking forward to seeing that and uh i'm going to say something controversial in north texas i think saint mark's might be the best boys team in north region what do you think I don't think that's controversial at all, oh, you and don't? I kind of agree with you. Yeah, yeah. They barely graduated. I mean, they graduated a few from last year. That's a very strong team. Very, very strong team. So, yep. Um, who? And but on the girls' side, I'm not even sure because they, you know, so many people graduated. There was such turnover. It's hard to say. But you know, the usual suspects. Is that what you would suggest? I'd say on the girls' side, you got probably Denton Geyer. And Flower Mount are going to be the two strongest girls mm-hmm. team with, with uh, South Lake Carroll is going to be right there behind it because they have some strong club girls there too playing. Right. So, but and then of course you know you got Marcus boys and girls are are going to be strong. Of oh, course nice. you know you like you got the Flower Mount boys, as well. And um, so I mean and then the South Lake boys and the Denton uh, Geyer boys. So, those are the top teams up in uh, up in North Texas. So. That, that feels like a, an accurate reflection of exactly – if if each region is sending four teams to states, and we still don't know that yet, that those are the teams that will be involved. I, I think yeah. that, that's what comes to mind as well. Yep. Yeah, that is yeah that is all still to be determined as far as how they're exactly going to do postseason. But the tournament's this upcoming weekend. Um, uh, I know good luck to Keely Lowry, who's kind of is, is kind of hosting tournament at South Lake Carroll, um, and also um, Donzie Lilly, who's doing the – Hebron Hawks Classic at the Lewis County Eastside Aquatic Center. So, new program, basically. I mean, not entirely new, but pretty new. At, uh, no, at this, is, this is their third year. So. Yeah. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Um, that's it. I th- well, uh, we will co- circle back on this issue coming next week, obviously, because we're going to have more input from from you, essentially, and from coaches. And so we'll, we'll have a, a better feel for who the top-rated teams are going to be uh, according to that. Um, I mentioned in brief that uh, coaches should be expecting something. We got news of a survey out of Washington University in St. Louis about COVID. Um, it's a, I think it's a longitudinal study. It goes over a, a period of weeks. Um, and the, because they're trying to gather data on you know transmissions. And this is something that I actually wanted to do myself. Um, but this is done by an actual MD, PhD guy. So um, coaches. When you get in your inbox a note that says, do you want to take the survey on COVID? Please take it. Take part. That's, that's my, that is my advice to you, or, or, or at least my, my, my appeal to you. And also for athletes, parents, and coaches out there, um, we, again, we're going to start with our players of the week, boy and player of the week, girl, and then a newcomer of the week starting next week as well. So all that information on how to kind of nominate people is going to be sent out here in the next few days. Get ready. Get ready for online forms. So there you go. Um, today's uh, show is going to be slightly shorter. You have an interview coming up here with Ian Davidson, but uh, one more event on the sort of upcoming few weeks calendar, which is the Texas Coaches Academy. Finally, right? Yeah, we got the Texas Coach coming. We were going to try to do it in yeah in February, but we obviously. Um, had we had some tournaments pop up, we were there was a there was going to be something scheduled on the 28th, so we moved it to March 7th, and um, and Coach 
Ian Davidson and Coach Sabrina Carlisle are going to be coming out and doing a presentation. This is very similar to what we did back in November. Um, they're going to be doing a, a lot of front court um, kind of kind of offense principles. Um, so just, I mean, it's going to be from two to five. Um, I know I sent out an email yeah, earlier this week to everybody. I will send reminders throughout this week. Um, but yeah, it's open to everybody, club and high school. Um, it's going to be geared towards, you know, it's going to start off, you know, with talking about and kind of, and kind of showing some videos and then kind of really just kind of breaking stuff down. We're going to have breakout rooms and it's going to be like very like, and then it's going to hit the basics, but also get into also some complicated stuff. So it's going to be good for the brand new coach as well as the experienced coach. Right. And, uh, I would just follow by saying that uh, high school coaches should do this. So the high in particular, because the obviously the sports going UIL, we've got coaches that are sort of introducing themselves to the sport in in some ways. This is such a great opportunity to pick up a bunch of uh, a, a, just a bunch of information in a very short period of time. So yeah, go do that. Okay, um, we'll come back and uh, you will be speaking with. Head coach Ian Davidson of USA Water Polo uh, right after this. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. This is Max Irving from the U.S. Men's Senior National Team. And to get all things Texas water polo, I'm listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. But today we have Ian Davidson from San Diego Shores, also the USA Water Polo Head uh, Development uh, National Team Coach. He is going to be doing a Texas Coaches Academy this upcoming Sunday, March 7th. Ian, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm excited to be here, Joe, and uh, it's a fantastic day here in San Diego. It's uh, it's a balmy uh, 68 right now. So that's about what it is here in San Antonio as well. Um, I don't know if I did a fair introduction for you, so why don't you just kind of fill in the gaps a little bit? Give us a little bit about your background. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I've coached water polo basically since 2004, 2003, probably. Um, and I fell in love with it when I was a junior in high school as a coach or a junior senior in high school and, uh, pretty much been coaching ever since. Uh, I currently, as you said, coach at San Diego Shores and with the development national team. I also, uh, help, uh, with Drew Clute and John Abdu. We help run the coach education portion of USA water polo. And I coach at the Bishop school in San Diego as well. Well, good. Well, good. And I mentioned the Texas Coaches Academy that's coming up this Sunday, March 7th. Just tell us a, a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. So uh, working with Sabrina Carlisle, uh, partnering together with her, which is uh, fantastic. We are both uh, Whittier College Poet alums. Uh, so, you know, anytime we can get the, the Dub C band back together, it's always a fantastic thing. We were there at different times, but, you know, still repping the, the purple and gold. So, so we're okay. So did you play for Justin Pudwell kind of all? Yeah, at I, all? I never actually played for Justin. 
Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, well Justin's back in like yes. in Houston. We actually had him on the podcast last week. So go on. Sorry, I didn't. Mean oh to no, stop. that's that's awesome. No, I I wish I had, um, but I I never gave myself the opportunity to, unfortunately. So um, I played for Mitch Carney though, and he he was an awesome guy, and we're still still close. So it's good to be able to still connect with him. But uh, yeah, so working with Sabrina uh, on the clinic this weekend, we're excited. We're going to talk about some general front court offense. Uh, principles. We're going to go through some phases of the game in the front court, some positional phases in the game in the front court, and really, you know, break them all the way down from 100 to zero uh, into really tiny movements and then build them back up from zero to 100 and talk about how everyone can include it, uh, some some best practices and drills in their own practices, getting ready for uh, some high school out there. Yeah, we are. Yeah, there's high school water pole uh, tournaments just, yeah, starting this weekend. So, but this, but this Sunday, I mean, it's going to be, we want coach to come. We want people, we have, we want coaches to ask questions there. Um, and there, there's be video, there's be breakout rooms, just kind of explain the, like, like the general format. Yeah, definitely. I mean, being on zoom for the last 350 days, I feel like I, I've definitely learned a lot. I definitely don't have the, uh, the solutions to everything by any means. Um, but I am also the one that is stubborn or patient enough, however you want to look at it to sit on zoom while everyone asks every question that they might possibly have. So uh, I love working with coaches. I love uh, being able to collaborate. I love getting inside of their mind and letting people have a window and a full front row seat in front of mine. Um, I am a complete open book. So I, I'm excited to be able to answer every and all questions that any coaches might have. Uh, novice experience right in the middle. Um, like I said, I've been coaching for about 17 years here. So uh, be everywhere between junior college and high school and college and uh, age group and 10 and unders and, and, and everything. So I've been around. So, and another, uh, and a local coach, it's also the national team assistant development coach is, um, Sabrina Carla. You just, you, you just mentioned her. So how is, how, how did Sabrina get involved and tell us a, a little bit about Sabrina? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I've seen Sabrina coaching around for probably the last five years, uh, or so, I guess. And uh, she's actually an assistant uh, with my wife. My wife's the head development women's coach. So I've gotten to know her a little bit more through her as well and them working closely together. And, you know, she was the obvious pick to, uh, to collaborate here um, when we talk about technical skills and an eye for the game and attention to detail. So uh, I'm excited. I've been excited to work with her and I'm excited to actually give a presentation while virtually. Um, but hopefully there'll be a chance where uh, I can actually get out to Texas and we can maybe all be collaborating on an in-person one too. Yeah. And Sabrina also coaches high school water polo at Braswell high school and club water polo with Thunder water polo in North Texas. So um, you also, yeah, like you kind of mentioned Drew Clute and John Abdu, just tell us a, a little bit about, you know, the coaches like the USA water polo coaches, education platforms, the mobile coach app, et cetera. Yeah, uh, really exciting stuff going on right now. At least I get excited about it. I kind of geek out on this stuff. Um, but, you know, our coach ed stuff happening right now is, is pretty awesome. We held our second cohort of, the, of our coach academy uh, this last December. And uh, that's normally in conjunction with uh, normally in conjunction with holiday camp uh, at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. Uh, this year, obviously we had to hold that as well as the holiday camp virtually, but, uh, it's just like a four day intensive deep dive into coaching and philosophy and the mental game, uh, 
getting our hands dirty, coaching every single day with kids and uh, making sure that we're, you know, working through problems and, and making sure that we're really kind of in a, in an environment to uh, have the iron sharpen iron, you know, really yeah, making sure. I mean, I'm like, I'm a big believer in the holiday camp and the coaches, the kids get there. I still remember going to that camp as a kid long time ago yeah before you were born probably and uh what is it um and i also went back there as a student coach i went back there as a staff coach i went back there and ran the camp for a couple years back yeah just back in in the mid 2000s i'm very i'm very happy that you guys kind of kept it going this year just how did it go on on like on both the athlete and the coach side yeah i think uh the coaches had a blast uh, i'll start with them just because there were less of them uh and I, so i know i got all of their feedback, but coaches had a blast. Um, we tried to create the same kind of pressure cooker environment uh, with them and uh, do some, we, we had our own kind of like breakout rooms uh, throughout the weekend and before and after and and did some, uh, some separate things with them. So it was a really fun time with the coaches. And, and like I said, anytime I get to work with coaches across the country is, is always just a, a bonus for me. Um, and then the kids, for, I mean, bluntly, right? Like, from the feedback I got back, they had a fantastic time. Um, everyone was super engaged. Uh, that was one of the things that I was very concerned about was the engagement of, you know, 95 athletes from across the country who sit on Zoom every single day right now, right? So um, especially back in December. So they were very active, great participants. I could not have been more proud of them uh, and the way that they kind of acted and participated throughout the weekend. So we, we tried some different stuff. Uh, we used props. Uh, everyone used chairs as centers and, and to do some position work and things like that. We got creative with it, but I, I think it was a great time. We had Josh Samuels come in and give a talk. We had Brian Alexander come in and do some mental skills. Um, Dayan Kochidovich came in and, and talked to everyone. So it was, it was a blast for sure with the boys. And, and the girls had a fantastic camp too. I mean, AK jumped in and BA uh, and everyone. So it, it was a really great time. Yeah. And we're looking forward to having kind of just a, a little bit of that this upcoming Sunday, but tell us a little bit about the mobile coaching app now, because I know that that's just, you know, if there's one thing that's happened over the last year or so, it's just the number of like the, like the platform that, yeah, that, that has the amount of information that's on there just gone skyrocketed. It's just the good old regular drills or the physical distancing drills. Just tell us, kind of a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely a project for sure. It's, it's always going to be living and breathing. Uh, there's so much to continually update and manage with it. But like you said, there's physical distancing drills that are on there, which frankly are, are fantastic, whether we're in, you know, physically distanced time or not um, in terms of technical skills and movement and things like that. There are a ton of just regular uh, non-COVID related uh, drills that are in there and practices, uh, practice plans, uh, methodologies, different different videos of different skills and tactics that everyone can be doing in their practices. Uh, there's even some uh, fact, there's even some speeches and, and talks that are done by people that are necessarily outside of our, our environment. Like uh, Dayan Savage has a talk on there uh, from when he was out here in, in the United States training before the 2016 Olympics. Uh, talking about just the vertical game in general. And um, there's just some really fun resources. And actually, I can actually talk about this now. Uh, we are about to put out a new uh, portion to the, to the app, which is a whiteboard. Uh, and essentially what it allows coaches to do is draw plays on their 
on and screen record it, uh, animate plays, uh, and then allow them to send them uh, as a document, as a video out to their kids if they wanted to, send it to themselves. Uh, you can share directly with other coaches uh, as long as you know their USA Water Polo member numbers. Uh, and so it's it's going to be a really, I think it's kind of a game changer. I've been really excited about it. Um, I think animating plays on the computer is one of the hardest things to do that I've found. Uh, even the ways that I do them, it's, it's not the easiest, but now literally you can, you know, just like you're playing a video game, uh, you can just point and click and move stuff and it's going to animate and be really, really cool. So, yeah, I was at a pool the other day and a coach was actually, so there's a nice new video board at their pool and the coach was using the mobile coaching app to play a drill up on this huge 20 by 20 foot of a video board. And he explained it, he goes, now watch this. And they watched it and then they went out and, and did the drill. I mean, it's, it's so it's so easy now. I, I, I hope that everyone can figure out or, or realize just how easy it is to incorporate some tiny bits of technology into their practices, you know, a TV here, a screen here, you know, even uh, I'll just show kids a drill on my phone sometimes. Uh, that from the mobile coaching app, just we're doing a drill and they don't get it and I can explain it and I can demo it. But if they don't get it, like I'll bring them over and show them it on my phone or an iPad. And all of a sudden, like the lights will turn on and it, it, it'll be awesome. I mean, for, for us as coaches, you know, we can tell someone something 10 times. Uh, but after the second time, it's I, I consider it our fault as coaches. If our kids can't understand it, it's not their fault. We have to do a better job of explaining in that in that sense. So always finding new ways to, to demo stuff is it's just also just kind of, kind of use your camera and your video thing and just kind of take a picture of a kid passing shooting. All right. I've told you to get your elbow up. This is what I mean. Oh, OK. There you go. It's just it's it's just find technology and use it. But um, now, I mean, just talking about some new things and this is going to tie in uh, directly into like the Texas stuff that, yeah, that's happening is we have new high school rules. Granted, they're not necessarily new for USA water polo, but we have new high school rules. So how are high school, like, what do you think are going to be the challenges in uh, for the coaches that are just tackling this for the first time? Uh, I, I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing for coaches in general right now is the, uh, the, the differential between where they're at as coaches where their kids are at in terms of understanding and then where the officials are at. Right. And I think that's probably a constant struggle for all of us. Um, but I think especially right now in this pressure cooker where, you know, we haven't played games in forever and kids are just coming back now um, to playing games. So not only are we trying to make things be the best possible way they can be just as a regular water polo coach in a regular water polo game, but now we're also trying to incorporate some of these new things. I, I think there's some fantastic ways to just incorporate some of these things into your everyday practices. Um, and But you have to kind of plan that out. You have to make that a priority. Um, and then you, you also have to remind yourself to when you're calling the game in, in some scrimmages that, uh, that that you need to be enforcing these things and thinking about them. But the kids so far that, I, that I've worked with, uh, even in physically distance times, have absolutely loved them. Uh, they love working on creative ways to like try to make the ball live, be a little sneaky about it. Um, you know, obviously we haven't been able to work on live time subbing, which I know isn't an NFHS one, but just, you know, finding different ways to make it fun and exciting for the kids to work on it versus, you know, having it be this like really drudgerous, whatever uh, idea for them to be working on. So what do you think of the new rules? I've, 
I love the whole thing with popping the ball up and it just makes it more black and white. There's no more gray area. I love the concept of the goalie going past half. You know, it's just going to make it fun as like a seven on six or a seven on five play at the end. Yeah, just yes. What are your thoughts? I, I love them. Uh, I mean, I have a few nitpicks uh, on some of the on some of them, uh, some of the lesser kind of known ones. But uh, I, I actually love the concept of them. It's speeding up the game. It's, you know, allowing allowing the offense to spread out the defense more, looking at space and pace. Um, you know, anytime that there is a delay, it's just it, it allows, frankly, it allows coaches to do more. Uh, and, and when it comes down to being creative and, and creating the best possible athletes, the more coaches influence the game uh, with their voice, the less creativity and the less ability the kids actually have to blossom as athletes. Um, so I, I love that it's now faster. Um, that You can take the ball to the corner and it's live right away and you can play, um, you know, and, and just there, there's a constant game of cat and mouse now going on. That's now in playing chess in hyperspace, I think even more so than, than it was before that I think is really cool. And frankly, I, I actually, I, as much as I think that there's probably a bunch of ticky tacky penalties and things that are, have been called and will continue to be called. I actually really like the inside six meters on the back rule because I think it really clarifies a lot of gray area. Um, was he holding the ball? Was he not holding the ball? Was he trying to shoot? Was he not trying to shoot? Like, at some point, like we, your job is not to infer what a 13 year old girl or 15 year old boy is thinking here. Your job is to just make the game black and white. So, and uh, I like that. And I like that rule just because it stops the thrashing on the back and possible kind of a flailing at somebody's head. It stops that a little bit quicker. It's a little bit of a safety factor and stuff like that. So, well, and it, and it forces kids to just have to be smarter. Right. Like and savvier and take better lines back to the cage and, and like anything that raises the uh, the intelligence level of the game is something that I really love. Uh, like you can't just be patient behind someone and like tap their hand and like then be like, I, I, I didn't do anything. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's my my hands look pretty and it's OK. Like you have to be a lot uh, more creative in how you recover and even working with teammates in these situations. And, you know, I think there's. I don't think these are incredibly high topics, right? Like a high level topics. I think they're, they're things that a 12 year old and a 13 year old are going to have a fantastic time figuring out and working with. And, you know, if we can get our youngest athletes to start being creative with it, then I think we're going to see some really amazing things in the future. Well, I mean, I've always said that water polo is a game of position. This is just going to really just, it's not going to necessarily, I mean, it's going to the player that plays better positional water polo, it's going to reward a whole lot more now. But, um, but, you know, you've been to Texas before for a Champions Cup here or there, you know, kind of tell us a story or two about, oh, uh, yeah, just about Texas. Uh, story about Texas. Let's see. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. Here, here, just here, just tell us. I know whenever you came to Champions Cup in North Texas, you guys were looking for a place to go to kind of have some fun. And I kind of pointed you in a direction. So just tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, and, and I'm gonna. If I'm wrong on this one, you can you can stop me because I know the safe one is uh, whatever the barbecue pit place that you sent us to for a long time ago. Um, that was absolutely. We still we still talk about that um, back in whatever that was 2015 maybe or 2017 whenever whenever that one was. But uh, I think I think the the tradition is always going to like a, a Cracker Barrel maybe or or going to. Or- 
Did, yeah, but didn't Sango Shorts go to Cowboy Stadium? Yeah, one year. Oh, always, always. So, so. Oh, sorry. I was look, I was thinking about food here. Um, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowboy Stadium is always. Cowboy Stadium is always is always a uh, five star journey right there. Uh, kicking thirty yard field goals in uh, in Cowboy Stadium has always been awesome. We always have we always play a game on the field. Uh, we have a field goal kicking contest as well. Um, I think my wife has never actually let me live down the fact that that I kicked like a forty yard field goal in that stadium. Uh, and she basically told me like, call up Jerry right now and, and get offered a contract. And then when, uh, when back in the day, when the San Diego chargers, you know, were having so many kicking problems, she was like, you need to go talk to them. Like you need to show them this video of you kicking this 40 yard field goal. And like, even if you're, even if you're getting the minimum, like it's better off than what you're doing. So, uh, that, that's a constant joke in my house. Anytime I kick anything. So, but it's, it's, it's a little different from, just doing it without defense and no rush and all the good stuff. But you guys, yeah, you guys always came out for the different champions cups and such, but now, you know, I know it's been what 351 days or something like that since you got to scrimmage. Yeah. So, um, though I know California passed some rules last week. Are how excited are you? Man, I, I've kept this box really closed for a really long time. Uh, and, you know, this week, as long as we're 14 under per 100,000, we're going to contact here in San Diego. And I, I'm excited. Since since I felt like it was going to be a realistic possibility, last week on Tuesday when uh, the numbers came out, it was 15.5. It jumped down from like 23 to 15.5. Uh, I basically then, since then, I've been – you know, really excited. My practices have not been good quality. Um, my, my brain's going into this box that uh, I've had restart to contact written in my brain for 180 days, probably of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. So I, I, I'm over the moon. Uh, the kids are excited. They know I'm going to come in skipping and screaming at the top of my lungs is what I've told them the day we can come to contact. So they're excited and excited. And I'm, I'm just so impressed with our kids um you know for following the rules the whole time and toting the company line and doing what they're supposed to and you know it, it's it's not their fault that they that they're from san diego right or they live in san diego and if they were in another location we'd be doing something different you know whatever those guidelines were so they've been awesome uh we've definitely i think the pandemic not just in water polo but in all sports and all life has just shown a whole new side of you know, where, where our athletes and our kids and our families are at mentally. Um, and a lot of the things that are going on, uh, not just with athletes, but also coaches. Um, and so I think that's been a really cool part of all this uh, has been being able to connect more with athletes and, and coaches in this mental portion of, of making sure they're okay and being okay, not being okay. And talking about all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm hoping that this is a concept that stays not just in our sport, but in, in our life more and more. And, you know, re really, really excited. Just I'm coming yeah. all the way back down. I'm really excited just to get back <laughs> to contact. Uh, my wife coaches at UCSD and they've been in contact now for the last couple of weeks. And I, I'm, she's coached two games now and I'm, I've been jealous the, or three games. now. I'm, I'm so jealous. Just like she gets to go watch people hit each other right now. And, you know, it's can't hey, wait. You know what? I'm excited about the Texas Coaches Academy this upcoming Sunday, March 7th. Um, go to southwestwaterpool.org uh, and go to the calendar and find all the information there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, and it's free for everybody. 
and all are welcome. Just spread the word. Uh, and I will see you on Sunday. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, and, and thanks for doing this. That sounds great. It's fantastic. And also USA Water Polo just opened office hours. Uh, right now they're on Fridays. You can have 30 minute free sessions with high performance coaches. So uh, please feel free to sign up. It's on the USA Water Polo Coach Ed Twitter page. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. That was Ian Davidson, men's developmental national team coach. I had to read that out loud for USA Water Polo and technical director at San Diego Shores. Um, so here's the spot when you typically hear me riffing with Joe about what's coming up. And uh, you'll be shocked to hear this, but I think I lost that recording. Or I, I may have never even made it. Who knows? So, Joe, if you're listening, sorry. I'll make it up to you. Um, and uh, what I would do at this point is typically say, hey, Joe, what else is going on? And he'd reply, well, there's a Masters game day down at Hops this weekend. It's the first Masters event since... Uh, you know when. It's uh, been a year. So uh, good luck to them, and hopefully that's uh, the first of many to come. I have a feeling that's true, actually. There's a pent-up demand for some master stuff. I know that for a fact. So uh, so that's it. Thank you for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. If you want to support the work we do, and there's plenty of it, um, you can do so by simply going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. The gifts that you've uh, provided us have really helped us with things like equipment and travel when we report on stuff in Texas, so we truly appreciate it. Until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.